Welcome to the PSD Cast with your host, Jason Lumberg at Power Systems Design. And one of the most important variables for electric vehicles is the charging system, the speed, cost, and the build-out of the nationwide infrastructure. Adam Power, the manufacturer of the world's first and only UL-listed solid-state digital circuit breaker, announced the launch of an EV charging solution called Purple. And according to their press release, it charges vehicles directly from the circuit breaker and incorporates unique energy management technology to keep electricity costs low. And these give utilities, cities, property, and fleet owners increased access to EV charging and upgraded electrical infrastructure. Today, I'm talking to the CEO of Adam Power, Ryan Kennedy, to learn more about their new EV charging system. So, Ryan, thanks for joining us. And what would you say is the biggest issue with the state of electric vehicle charging in this country? You know, maybe something that's preventing their wider consumer deployment. Yeah, absolutely. And Jason, thanks for having me. It's good to it's good to be with you on this podcast. I think um, you know one of the one of the biggest things that um, is probably a barrier is certainly the infrastructure related to uh, charging vehicles. And so that kind of covers a wide a wide range. Um, you know, on one hand, you could say it's the sort of uh, you know long trip across the country type charging, um, sometimes coined the electric highway. Um, but, you know, there's some other more discrete concerns um, that are related to more, you know, consumer-based um, ownership of electric vehicles. I mean, a good example would be if you're in a multifamily environment, you know, condo, apartment, um, how do you charge? And <laughs> it's a big question. I mean, it's a simple question, but it's, it, but it's one that's quite difficult to answer um, because, of the way the, you know, electrical infrastructure is fed through, uh, you know, with each individual service going to each individual apartment or, or condo unit, you can't just toss a extension cord out the window, right, <laughs> to go charge a car. So you have to put in infrastructure in the parking lot or the parking deck associated with that multifamily. Um, you know, same with, you know, commercial fleet. Um Currently, there's there's not enough infrastructure, not enough power to feed all of the, you know, electric vehicles an entire fleet would would consume. So that would that is certainly uh, it's a chicken and egg scenario, and and certainly that infrastructure is uh, is is you know one of the one of the bigger issues uh, on adoption uh, at both the consumer and the fleet level. All right. So let's take a step back for a second. What's Adam Power's mission and focus exactly? Uh, what drives so we are we're a pretty unique company uh, in the sense that, you know, by, by definition, we manufacture um, the world's first and only uh, commercialized solid-state circuit breakers. That's what it is from a product standpoint. Now, what's behind that is solid-state breakers can do a lot of things, including charge vehicles directly from the circuit breakers themselves. But ultimately, Adam Power as a company is really a power delivery company. And, you know, we produce solutions based on our solid-state circuit breaker platform with the goal of, um, especially related to what I just mentioned on that infrastructure, is to maximize available energy today, you know, to ultimately enable a clean tomorrow. Um, and, and, and that's where our goal is. But, but at our core, we're a power delivery company um, to intelligently deliver power um, in this energy transition that we're in. 
Right. Now, um, explain the general impetus behind uh, Adam's unique EV charging solution, which, which you've, you've mentioned. Why is it so advantageous to charge directly from the circuit? And I assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's both efficiency and cost-saving factors for the end user. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, so, you know, when you put in an EV infrastructure or, or, or a single EV charger, um, you have to put in, like think of traditional EV charging, you have to have a circuit breaker ahead of every EV charger. And that's in the National Electrical Code, which is what every state in the U.S. follows in the, their electrical installation guidelines. So you have to have a breaker there anyway, um, regardless if it's one or 500 units. And so if you look at the way traditional um, you know, EV chargers are built, they're built as discrete devices. So if I buy a, you know, a traditional EV charging pedestal or wall box, it is purpose-built for the application of charging vehicles. Um, but I still need to have this electrical infrastructure behind that feeding those discrete units. And we'll, we'll get to more on why uh, it's important to not be discrete in this space and, and to have some somewhat of a, you know, of a unified platform. And this is where the breaker comes in. So what are we doing at our court? We are charging vehicles directly from our circuit breakers. Now, it sounds kind of novel at first. Hey, I need to buy a breaker anyway. Why not just use the same breaker to charge the vehicle? But it turns out that if you, you know, what's the value proposition behind that? Um, it's a culmination of a ton of different things. Because once you, you know, and, and we're really seeing the value propositions for this really emerge, you know, um, now. And the reason I say now is because we're in the middle of this energy transition truly at this point. You know, municipals, partial pickup delivery, commercial fleets, multifamily are all transitioning to electric vehicles. And what that means is that, we, you know, if you take, if we thought of EV charging in the past, it's been like a charger here or there, okay? But now we're talking about, you know, lots of chargers in a single facility. You know, like we have one of the largest EV projects up in New York City today. You know, right now it's like 550, you know, uh, charging stations we're installing up in New York City and multifamily complex. So if you think about like, okay, think about that from a <laughs> from the person who's going to purchase that stuff. If you buy the traditional charging today, you're buying five. In this case, let's just pick on that case for a minute. 550 units. I'm buying 550 individual discrete charge points or charging points. And I'm going to basically put the most expensive asset to charge the vehicle out in the general public. And so that's a major pain point because cars can run into them. They can get vandalized. They're in weather, all kinds of stuff, right? So what would happen then if you said, well, if you think about today, if I'm, okay, if I'm feeding those same chargers from you know, circuit breakers and panel boards that are safely back in the electric room, I, I've got the equation completely flipped. I've got the, you know, the least intelligent stuff today back in the electric room, and I've got the most intelligent, you know, connected stuff that's out in the general public. Well, we flip that. You know, we basically say, okay, make the circuit breaker super smart and enable that to charge vehicles and put that in our panel, 
And instead of buying individual EV chargers, well, you can just buy the circuit breaker that also charges the car um, that you have to buy anyway. And then your pedestals and wall boxes that are out there in the, in this case, 550 units, um, can be dumb as rocks. <laughs> and, and that, I'm telling you, that is what multifamily and fleet operators want. They just want a plug. They want the smart stuff to be somewhere else. Okay, so that's, I would say, the pretty big value proposition, major pain point taken away. The other one is, is if you think about that, again, at scale, you know, lots of chargers in a single facility. Because traditional chargers are built as discrete units, well, they're all built to a UL standard, UL or ETL, right, the third-party listing agencies that are required by the National Electrical Code to to basically be approved by the authority juris, uh, having jurisdiction to install in a facility. So let, let's call it UL listed. Most are UL listed products. It's UL. It's built to the UL standard for the purpose, purpose of charging cars traditionally. So that means if that piece of equipment, again, multiply this out by, say, 550, that individual equipment is built to a UL standard, and if it breaks, I have to have specialized technicians to go work on that piece of equipment to bring it back up to its UL standard. So this is why most traditional you know, EV charging manufacturers have maintenance agreements associated with the sale of EV chargers because it takes specialized technicians to go work on that equipment. That's a major pain point, especially at scale because, well, and this is why you see a lot of chargers that are down. It's not because they, <laughs> they suck. It's just because of maintenance, right? If it does break, well, now I've got to call the manufacturer. Now I've got to – it's a lead time to get the technician out, et cetera, et cetera. So, okay, what, what does that have to do with what we do? Well, we're the breaker and pound board. Now, our pedestals are really dumb. <laughs> They're basically a wire termination block. That's it. Nothing in them. So inherently, there's much lower maintenance. And we have a different standard. We have to meet the UL standard for circuit breakers and EV charging. Circuit breakers are a life safety device. It means you've got to be really robust to be a breaker. That's what we are. So it's low maintenance to begin with. But if you did have to perform maintenance with our product, well, who can work on breakers and panel boards? Facility managers and electricians. All the people that the customer base we sell into have around at their disposal. They have the ability to get their facility managers to replace a breaker if you have a problem. These are all electrician things you can work on. So it completely flips that script of what maintenance looks like on an EV infrastructure. Um, you know, there's a lot there, and not to mention, like, how do you network 550 chargers together in a single facility? That's a lot of IP addresses <laughs> to manage across the facility. So what do we do? We have one single IP address per panel. Um, you know, each panel can feed 14 you know, chargers. And it's super easy to network, and it's super easy to, um, you know, to perform a lot of the things that are required from an energy management perspective as well. There's, there's a lot there. there. I mean, I could go on at great length about this. About there's a lot of other value propositions, but I would say those are, those are some of the big, bigger ones. Not to mention a lower t total cost of ownership, et cetera. But uh, those are some of the larger value propositions. Interesting. Well, speaking of value. Um, what sort of cost savings, uh, maybe in general, are we talking about from both a commercial and a consumer perspective? Yeah, so our, we offer cost savings across the board. Um, and what I mean by that is we have uh, two ways that um, 
can occur simultaneously or or you know one if energy is not concerned so i would say the two biggest cost savings for us um are the total cost of ownership of the product that's one so we tend to be quite um a cost savings when you look at the total cost of ownership of an ev charging infrastructure um so so what what you don't want to do is I mean, if you look at hardware, just pure hardware, we're comparable, you know, to to some of the major traditional manufacturers. Um, you know, less in many cases, but I'll just say conservatively, we're comparable. The total cost of energy, but you don't really want to look at that. You really need to look at okay, well, yeah, there is a equipment cost, but then there's a connectivity cost. How do I then connect? Remember, 550 chargers all together. How do I connect all those? What are the cloud costs associated with that? What about the maintenance agreement? Uh, what about some of the extended warranties? Because uh, there's some, there are some inherent limitations to traditional EV charger construction. So you're going to need the extended warranty. I mean, we look at all those things to, to calculate a total cost of ownership, to which we can be between 30 and 50 percent less. You know, the most major traditional manufacturers. That's one. Is that total cost of the equipment? The other one is in energy management, and that is. Um, you know, something I left off the previous list, which is probably one of, if not the highest value proposition in charging directly from the circuit breaker. Um, so energy management is goes back to that that first, um, you know, the first question is what's barrier? What's barrier? And I, and I said infrastructure. And when I say infrastructure, it's not so much the infrastructure, you know, uh, cost itself, it's related to some of the side effects of the energy consumption <laughs> related to the infrastructure. So in other words, you know, it relates all relates to energy management, and it goes something like this. So we have two major value propositions behind energy management, and it relates to saving costs. The first one is if, um, if you have, you know, the National Electrical Code, which is really what governs the installations in, in the U.S. Uh, for EV charging and, and most everything electrical, it basically looks at electric vehicle chargers as a continuous load. And what that means is, is basically if you put in, you know, in, in the case of New York City, 550 charging stations. You know, the ones we're putting in there are 48 amps, 11 kilowatts. That's collectively six megawatts of load, six megawatts to put into a single facility. So if you look at the National Electric Code and you say, okay, wow, six megawatts. So I need to have six megawatts of infrastructure. It means I got to put utility, transformers, switchgear, conduit, wire, everything has to be built out for six megawatts. Unless there's, doesn't, it's not quite an exception, but it's an alternative. <laughs> in the National Electrical Code that's called, unless you have an automatic load management system. So we translate that to energy management. And the, 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 the code doesn't tell you what that is. And it doesn't detail out what an automatic load management system is. But it says, hey, if you have an automatic load management system, you can provision your infrastructure for whatever that load management system allows for. And so there's a lot of debate between all the inspectors out there across the country on how to interpret that part of the code. But one thing's for sure is the best way 
to perform an autom- uh, energy management to allow you to not have to install the full infrastructure you would need, you know, the six megawatts in that case, is to do this directly from the power distribution system itself. So if you have a bunch of smart breakers and a bunch of smart panels, which we have, that also charge cars, all of a sudden you've just opened the door wide to say, you know what, our panel boards themselves, our circuit breakers, can perform the energy management function of this entire EV infrastructure out of the box. You don't have to do much. (laughs) It's in the software. It's actually built into the product. And we do this today in our own facility. We do not so, – so to put this in the most layman terms, we, have, we don't have enough power to charge our own EV charging stations that we've installed in our facility here in, in, uh, in North Carolina. So we actually use our own system. We get a backfeed from our um, building meter, and we see what our available um, capacity is real time. We're monitoring real time, and we throttle up and down the charge rate through our breakers real time out to the vehicles. And so what that allows us to do is to install our system without having to install all the infrastructure that would otherwise be required. Now, in some cases, in some fleets, you're going to want the full infrastructure, sure. So that value proposition applies to most, but maybe not everybody. You know, it depends on the use case. Multifamily is certainly the, the best use case for that. Not everybody's going to be charging at the exact same time at the exact same rate. It's just a fact. So we limit the, you know, we're able to uh, dynamically right-size the infrastructure according to what this entire system as a whole can output to the vehicles. And this saves hundreds of thousands of dollars in infrastructure costs. So that's cost savings number two related to energy management. And then the other cost savings related to energy management, it's a pretty big one. Um, You know, we can, since we're all networked together, Inherently, I mean, that's how it is by default. Um, we can, you know, curtail uh, peak demand charges from the utility. You know, a lot of folks don't realize, and, and case in point, you know, Adam Power, in our own facility, we, we didn't realize until a couple months after we moved into our facility that our electric bills were 50% made up of peak demand charges. So a utility allocates you a certain amount of kilowatts. Right, so they're going to say you're good for 500 kilowatts. Let's just say, if you go above that, at any given time throughout a month, you get charged peak demand charges. It accounted for 50% of our entire electric bill at our facility. So <clears throat> that is certainly the case in any EV infrastructure. EV infrastructure EVs consume more energy than most things do today, especially at scale. And so you've got this huge source of power consumption, you know, charging vehicles, and you're certainly going to hit peak demand rates. So in other words, the facility, the the peak demand, that's the the peak KW that's been allocated from the utility isn't changing (laughs) if you put in 550 charging stations. So you're going to pay a high power bill. So what, what do you do about that? Well, you put in intelligent circuit breakers that are monitoring the building real time, and you keep the building from going into a peak demand area, you know, of the curve. So go you know, look at a curve of energy consumption through a month. Make sure you don't hit the peak allocated to that building, and you save an enormous amount of money. We did a study on this in the uh, 
you know, in the New York, up in New York City, where um, we were able to, you know, shed about, you know, hundred hundred thousand dollars off of peak demand charges, you know, say, saving them about, you know, reducing their power bill about 10x, you know, across this facility. Um, so that's the kind of thing you can do related to energy management. So cost savings and total cost of ownership of the equipment. And then costs, two cost savings associated with energy management, reduction of infrastructure costs and reduction in um, utility demand charges. So a lot of cost savings with the solution, but it all relates to the, the physics of our EV charging infrastructure solution in that we're not taking the traditional approach of building discrete chargers because how do you network them, how do you do the energy management, how do you prove that to the you know, the code officials, et cetera. But once you're in the power system and once you're, you know, you're, you're listed to a UL standard that's, you know, circuit breaker, span boards, and EV charging, you can do a whole lot with that, uh, all amongst of which I've said here. So there's there's a lot there, but those are the those are the three major items in cost savings. Yeah, very cool. Well, thanks, Ryan. On behalf of PSD, I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for tuning in. Stay safe and healthy and have a great day. <laughs>